Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube and aren't subscribed, make sure and hit the subscribe button, like, comment, let us know what you think of the episode. <clears throat> if there's any questions that I didn't ask or that you'd like us to ask um, the guest or get a different guest on to you know, talk about a different subject, uh, we're always checking messages on there. Love to hear from you guys. On today's episode, I'm going to be chatting with Dallas. He uh, works in the, the trailer industry, and there were a lot of questions that I wanted to ask him about trailers, um, different types, different ways to control braking, and just learn more about it. I know there's a lot of you guys out there that are very seasoned with hauling and towing yeah, but there's also a lot of new guys who bought a diesel truck because they need to tow something heavier whether it's for recreation or for work so really looking forward to chatting with dallas and learning more about it i want to give a shout out to a couple of our sponsors the first is fluid amper we had done an episode with them not too long ago it was really insightful about what can happen with a stock dampener over time or with higher mileage, the way that they degrade and then can lead to catastrophic failure of the engine. Um, they're really popular in race engines or high performance engines to be able to balance out harmonics, but it's a really cool product. It's something that you don't have to ever maintain. You just install it and it's ready to go. And uh, one of the things that I learned about it was just how susceptible older trucks can be to you know the factory one failing so it's, it's a great upgrade if you're going to be in the engine bay to go ahead and tackle that if you have any questions want to learn more head on over to fluidamter.com check out what they got um, they're really helpful they're more than happy to answer your questions so if you send them an email they'll get back to you, you know, fairly quick or you can call in if you want to chat with somebody about your particular project your particular engine and ways to make sure you protect your investment also if you're in the market for a knife head on over to kershaw.kiausa.com um, our friends over at Kershaw have given us a 20% off site white coats. Just use code diesel20 if you're in the market for a knife to EDC or throw in a toolbox, club box, hunting, fishing. They've got something for every budget. So it's a great way to save some money, especially now it's around the holiday time. So if you know somebody that's really into knives or just needs one, just use code diesel20 and save 20%. All right, let's get to today's episode with Dallas from Nationwide Trailers, learning more about trailers, things you should ask before you buy one, tips that he's learned along the way, and chatting with him about his love for diesel trucks, racing, and towing. Dallas, welcome to the Diesel Podcast. I appreciate uh, one of our previous guests connecting us um, not long ago to talk about trailers, and he had said, hey, you've never done an episode you know, talking about trailers, and I, I thought, I, I have it, but that's why diesel truck owners buy diesel trucks is mostly to tow with. So I look forward to having you on today, learning more about yourself, your company, and then going through some of the things that you see with, you know, truck owners or customers or potential customers, maybe mistakes that they make or things that they do really well in selecting a trailer. Yeah, of course. It's great to be here, man. I'm glad Josh is able to get us set up. I think it's something more people should be known about. I think, especially in the diesel community, you know, it's one of those things that I notice when I go to races or shows that, Trailers are like the most afterthought item when it comes down to hauling or anything along those lines, unfortunately, in this industry. It's really interesting. What would you say makes it an afterthought? Well, because everyone more is focused on getting, whether it be a show truck or race truck or whatever the industry is, it, you know, is, is everyone's more focused on the tool they're using and not the equipment that they need to get it there. So everyone's more focused, say, for the race truck side of things. They're more focused on, you know, hey, let's get the money into the truck, this and that, you know. 
versus, oh, hey, we should probably also look into a reliable trailer to get this thing here and there. Granted, because it only comes out, you know, with racing, trailers only come out, you know, a couple times a year. And when you go out, you want it to perform like it should and hold up and not, you know, smoke a tire or blow an axe or something along those lines, you know? I think this is going to be a really fun track because I don't know a ton about it. I've always really just focused on the trucks. <laughs> and I know that there's a lot of diesel enthusiasts. They're going to have a diesel truck regardless of how much they tow. They have a trailer. Maybe they don't tow at all. But there's a lot of people out there. The reason they bought a Cummins Duramax or Power Stroke is because they needed uh, to tow something heavier. And so <clears throat> I think really focusing in on that will, will be cool. But I wanted to start with yourself. If you want to tell us a bit about um, you, know, you the, the company you work for, kind of the background. So I know you're you know, in that industry. And, and I think it'll really help when we, you know, jump into the details of it is knowing exactly you know, what you do and, and how you got there and, and what your focus is. Yeah. So, uh, I grew up in the Pacific Northwest. Um, my dad is whole life was a truck driver. So that's where I got my passion for the trucks side of things, you know, and then as I grew older, I started getting more into the diesel pickups as, uh, you know, I got older and more knowledgeable on it. Um, became good friends with a few of the diesel guys in my area. Cause I grew up in Idaho. So bully dog was our thing there that we use. So I was good friends with them. And then I eventually moved to Texas and became a diesel mechanic. So I worked on the semis and obviously always enjoyed going to the races and shows. And for me, it was always about the hauling of things. I, I enjoy going and watching, but I enjoy the driving and hauling things and turning the heads. Um, so whenever I got a chance, I made a career change and jumped into trailer sales and then really plunged headfirst into this industry and been here almost three years now. That's awesome. So when you, when you made the change, was it, uh, was it hard or you just knew, Hey, this is something I've always been passionate about hauling things and I want to be involved with that. So was it easy or hard to kind of put down the tools and, and jump into the trailer side? So it was kind of a, a big change. Cause I had been a, you know, a mechanic on the semi side of things for almost seven years. So, you know, constantly working and torturing my body, you know, throughout the days to sit behind a desk and, having to be more personal people and more of a customer service side of things was a big change. But overall, um, I think it was a pretty easy transition from one career to the other since I already knew what I was doing and had an idea of it. You know, I wasn't blindly jumping into something else, which helped me a lot. Um, but, and I also had great leadership to help me make the transition a lot easier for me as well. I just thought of a question to ask you that I've heard a lot of uh, guys in the shop will say, they'll go, oh, the sales guys got it so easy. They just sit in the nice air conditioned <laughs> office. Is it is it easier? Is it harder? What makes it different? Man, I mean, it, it's both. It, it's easier because obviously I'm sitting behind a desk. I've got the AC. You know, I'm not focused on trying to fix a trailer and getting beat by this trailer or truck, whatever it may be. But then again, it's also more stressful because I'm dealing with customers every day. I've got to check emails, phone calls, you know, I've got to make sure things are correct. And then, you know, if something does fail after I sell a trailer, customer always wants to come back directly to me. And then I've got to kind of middleman it, get it over to the service department and make sure everything goes smooth. And then, you know, the, the whole process of ordering trailers as well can be very daunting for customers who this is a new thing for. So I wouldn't say it's easier. It's just a different level of type of stress, in my opinion. Yeah. The one thing it is easier is I have AC day in and day out. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not in the shop sweating or cold you know anything along those lines <laughs> um with trailers like what kind what kind do you sell what uh is it all pickup truck is it some of it heavy duty stuff a little bit of everything so uh we are essentially pickups only we do everything from your real small little like five by eight utilities and enclosed trailers up to your big you know custom 44 foot goosenecks that you'd see behind you know 3500 or 4500 pickup I don't do anything along as of like medium duty or dump truck work really. Um, we specialize in, you know, 
goosenecks um and that's our biggest thing is what we do that's definitely going to fit in with uh most of the people who are listening because they've you know got to come into dermax or a power stroke yep exactly you had had mentioned in the beginning a bit about how there's different well that people almost kind of cheapen out or don't focus or it's an afterthought for the trailer can you walk me through what separates different types, either brands or different quality levels that people should be aware of and think about before they buy one? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not going to name any brand specifically, um, but I mean, you got your low end brands, you got your high end things. Um, and we ride right in the middle. You know, the biggest thing people need to worry about is, you know, say you're hauling a race truck, right? It's maybe just one truck, but you're going to be putting tools and potential golf cart or something or side by side on there. So, the big thing you need to worry about is the axles are the correct size for the weight you're hauling and overall length is perfect for you as well as what kind of truck you're pulling it with. You know, um, some people like to cheap out and go buy a real small trailer and then either, Hey, it's not heavy duty enough for their truck or car, or it's not wide enough and they've got to modify it. And then they're not happy with it, you know, stuff like that. Would, um, now, when most people come to you, do they already have something in mind that they need, or are they just like, hey, I, I need to accomplish this task, you guys have trailers, um, which one do I need, or how does that work? So you get a mixture of both. Some guys come in, and they already know exactly what they want, and it's, hey, this and this and this is what I need, and this is what I want, let's do it. Some guys come in, and they don't really know what their goal is, but you just ask them a couple questions, hey, what are you hauling, what are you doing every day, you know, a couple generic questions, and you can kind of organize a trailer you know hey they maybe they need a dump trailer maybe they need a cargo or maybe they need an equipment trailer you know figure out off a few questions exactly what they need and then you go in that direction of that style of trailer you know i imagine there's so much to probably to learn and pick up when i just think of trailers i think of like a race trailer i think of guys that are hauling stuff i think of construction <clears throat> so many different sizes and then depending what kind of truck they have and you know what it's rated to do there's probably a ton that goes into just learning everything that's out there and then lining somebody up with what they're going to be happy with. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's not just cut and dry. Like, Hey, this is what it is. This is what you get. You got everything from little tiny equipment trailers that have small 3,500 pound axles all the way up to your big heavy duty deck overs. I've got 16,000 pound axles, you know, and then you've got your different brake and axle configurations, your different suspensions, um, your different wheel and tire packages. You know, some guys want disc brakes and some guys just rather have the drum brakes. Um, there's people out there that are dead set on the heavy duty wheel and tire package just because they like the longevity of them. And then you got guys that just want a trailer to do what they're doing. And then we'll worry about doing upgrades or whatever, maybe later on down the road, if something fails on them. I'm thinking of somebody listening to this. And I think kind of the reason people buy diesel trucks historically, it's not the only reason, but a main one is because they're so robust and they Will last a long time and you get the longevity out of them that you may not get with a gas engine so if i think about a trailer right. and i think of that perspective somebody comes to you and says I, you know i've got this this five nine or six seven cummins or power stroke or duramax it's going to be my retirement truck i want a trailer that goes along with it what are some things you would suggest to them to make sure whatever trailer they're looking at has like should it have the disc brakes um should it have the heavy duty wheel and tire i'm sure there's a lot of other things i just don't even know to ask you but what should they <laughs> what should they look at so a big thing is is how many times are they going to pull you know like for example you got your old farmer guys that that trailer may come out just to haul hey so you know upgrading to the disc brakes may not be the best option because it is an expensive upgrade but going to the higher, heavier duty wheel and tire package is a great option because they're going to last longer and they're not going to potentially dry rot and, you know, flat spot sitting there. 
Um, so if a guy comes in and wants a retirement trailer, for example, Hey, you know, I've got a tractor that I'm hauling. Okay, cool. How much does it weigh? How big is it? What kind of deck space are you looking for? And then we can base off there. You know, my big thing that I like to do, if it's a bigger trailer to try and always upgrade to the bigger wheel and tire package, simply just for the longevity and the safety. Cause down here in the st- down here in South Texas and Oregon, Arizona, New Mexico, whatever, it gets hot. And you know, if you get into traffic, your trailer's sitting in traffic on the hot asphalt, the concrete, and that's going to wear those trailers out, those tires out a lot more. If you put a bigger tire on them from the factory, they're going to last a lot longer and they're going to help a lot better. Um, and they're just going to overall last and do what they need to do on a better output than, you know, just a standard regular tire does, you know? Yeah. That makes a lot of sense with, um, just avoiding something that could be an issue, you know, down the road. Yeah. Yeah. If we can, yeah, if we can set them up front with the better wheel and tire, um, right out the gate versus them wearing out a factory set and coming back out to pay a little more for an upgrade, it's something I can do and help them, you know, and kind of explain the safety factors of it as well. In general, what is, what's the, the upgrade difference between drum and disc brakes? Like, is it a, a, a ton? I'm sure it varies by brand and things like that, but is it, it's kind of like when you think of going to get a truck and it's like, well, am I going to get cloth or leather? Well, leather's only this much more. I think I'll just, you know, I'll splurge on it and get it. Is it, is it a huge price difference? So traditionally, the go from electric drum brakes to electrohydraulic disc brakes is usually about a $2,500 upgrade. And that could also vary depending on the size of axle and all that stuff. But traditionally, it's about $2,500 to do the upgrade because you're going from just electric drums to electrohydraulic disc brakes. So they're going to perform and act like the brakes on your truck do um, with the, you know, the ability to stop a lot better and last longer. You're going to pay more up front for them, but in the aspect of longevity and repairs and maintenance, it's going to cost you less in the long run, which is always a big thing for customers, you know? Yeah. I think especially like thinking of somebody who hot shots, they're going to be in and out of traffic all over the country or all over a region. It would probably be worth it to have those. <laughs> oh, m- most definitely on a hot shot trailer. Uh, this brakes and the bigger tires is always a big thing because they're always in freeway traffic or they're, in, you know, standstill traffic and none of that, but most of those guys are putting an average of 70, to 150,000 miles on a trailer per year. So if they got a break that's going to stop better and last longer for them, that to them is a big thing. You know, then they less downtime, which means less money lost. Yeah. I had a, a question from one of our listeners. I, I kind of primed the audience and said, Hey, we're going to be talking trailers soon. What do you guys want to know? <laughs> <laughs> and one of the things that uh, someone asked was about brake controllers. I don't know a lot about them. Um, I don't tow a lot, but you know, we have these incredibly advanced trucks, these, expensive trucks and then we're going and buying a trailer to meet our needs can you walk me through brake controllers and what somebody who isn't familiar with them should know about either selecting them or how they're going to be able to control braking yeah so i mean nowadays most all your heavy duty diesel trucks should from the factory come standard with a brake controller um and one thing that's really nice about it is um on the ford and chevy or on the ford and dodge sorry it's really easy to select whether you got electric drum brakes or you got electric hydraulic. Um, the Chevys, they're supposed to auto pick it up. I don't know how well that works. I've never owned Chevy personally, but on both my Dodges and my Fords, I've had, you know, depending on what kind of trailer I'm pulling or hauling, or, you know, if it's my personal trailer, I'd get in there and I can set it and save it correctly, which is nice, you know, because as soon as I hook that trailer up, it automatically knows, hey, this is a disc brake trailer or this is a drum brake trailer. Um, now, for the older trucks that may not have that, um, you always got to go in and have an aftermarket brake controller installed. And typically they just do, all they do is send a signal back and it may, it may work correctly. It may have a, a little bit of delay on it. Uh, the big one that we push is called the P3. 
Um, it allows you to adjust your your gain um, and then how fast they come on, you know, as well. And it's pr- really easy to s- set up and plug in all that jazz. It only takes about an hour to install them because they typically already plug into a factory harness to the truck. Okay, gotcha. Now on those older trucks where you're doing an aftermarket controller, how does somebody know how quickly they want them to come on or what settings do they want? So that is one of those things that you tell each customer, hey, haul this trailer empty, set your controller gain, you know, say on aftermarket gain, okay, we're going to set it empty at like, I don't know, three, three to four on the gain. And what you're going to do is you're going to stop the trailer. And as long as those brakes don't drag, you're doing all right. And then what you want to do is obviously pull the pull your, your emergency brake on it, um, let off your truck brakes. And as long as that trailer rolls a little bit, then holds, you know, you got it set correctly. Now, if you're going down the highway and you tap the brakes and that trailer locks up, you've got your gain set too high. So it's one of those things, you know, and if it's a guy hauling the exact same thing every time, he's going to get the comfortability of it and set it empty to this and then loaded to this and never have to worry about it. But for those guys that, you know, maybe hot shot or something like that, pulling different weight it's one of those things they're gonna have to test it as they get loaded and go off and hit the road before they you know check the brakes and all that good stuff i thought of an unrelated question to ask you when you mentioned ford and dodge and chevy is i'm sure you you get you know a ton of customers probably have all three it's probably a third a third a third but um, yeah so well here in texas it's really a lot of dodges and fords realistically I found that it varies by area a lot, like where I'm at in Colorado. I'd say it's mostly Ford and, and Dodge, but then other areas I've been to, it's like Chevy and Ford, and Dodge isn't quite yeah. as big. So it can vary, yeah. by, vary by region. But do you hear feedback? I'm sure you have repeat customers and guys, you know, maybe switch brands or get the newest, you know, truck model. Um, what do they tend to be happiest with, with whatever, you know, kind of truck they have with just towing and just being happy with the the purchase of the truck. So for those guys that do hot shot, right. They want the truck obviously to be comfortable because they're, they're spending 12, 13 hours a day in it. Um, so I've got some customers that are dead set and die hard on the, on the Cummins engine platform because it's an inline six. It's really easy to work on. It's simple. The exhaust brakes on them are phenomenal. And, you know, pretty much everybody in this country who's a mechanic is familiar with the, the Cummins engine. Now you got those guys that want, you know, the nice, the nice comfortability of a Ford, because I will say this personally, I own in both. Um, I think the Fords personally do ride better. Um, and the 10 speeds are awesome, better fuel economy. They're not hunting for gears as much as the Dodges with those six speeds. Um, as far as the Chevys, I get a lot of older guys who like the Chevys because those things really do ride like a Cadillac compared to any other solid axle truck on the market. Um, I've got a client who's got five Fords. I think he's got three or four Dodges and he's got two Chevys. Um, and he's been happiest with his older Dodges and his brand new Fords. Surprisingly, he like he says old five nines work really well, and then his new ten speed Fords perform amazing because he's getting his guys up into the mountains, and having that ten speed transmission does really well in those hills because it's not overheating as much because it's got more gearing there, um, and then it also can perform on better fuel economy as well. I keep hearing a lot about the ten speed and and the four trucks, and you have one. I had one. Um, I got rid of it because I'm looking to order a 23, but I had a 2022 F350 um, single wheel with a 355 gear set in them. And man, going down the highway empty, I was doing like 18 miles a gallon. And that thing was real smooth. Um, And what's nice is when you're not loaded or getting into the throttle, it'll skip gear. So it'll go like one, three, five and skip up to 10. 
as soon as you kick the exhaust brake on the tow haul mode on and it feels a load there, it'll start shifting through each gear individually and it rides really well. Would you, the, the question I was going to ask is, would you say that transmission changes the driving experience so much that you would buy, well, I know you're going to buy a 2023, but for someone who <laughs> is thinking about it, like you need to drive this truck because you might not be a Ford fan, but you need this transmission. You need to see the difference between it and a six speed. Most definitely. Um, and for example, I've got a really good friend of mine who does enclosed transport for a living and he hauls, you know, multi-million dollar cars. So having that 10 speed for him is a little bit, I would say a safer option because it's not hunting gears all the time. And if the truck's hunting gears and you know, those old Dodge six speeds, we know how they'll shift sometimes. And if they shift real hard, your load may want to move a little bit. Um, and he averages about two to 250,000 miles a year on his trucks. And he says that forward on that 10 speed outperforms his Dodges any day of the week. Um, and he's had his Dodges hopped up and he keeps his Fords completely stock. And he says those Fords are way better day in and day out on the 10 speed. Um, and he's got a 2020 and a 2022. It's interesting. I think that, I think it's changing the, you know, the, the diesel truck market is that 10 speed. I mean, I guess it, I, if we think back to like the Allison days, I mean, you had a, you know, a 4 100, a 48 RE, and then Allison had their five speed, then their six speed. And that kind of set the standard. And now we're into the 10 speed market. And it's, it's definitely exciting to hear some of the feedback, like you mentioned, and, and things that uh, other people are saying about how much they just love driving them. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, and I will say, man, don't get me wrong, my old, my six, seven Dodges I've all had were awesome trucks. They perform very well, but you get into those hills or something like that with the load on, it'll start hunting between fifth and sixth gear. And sometimes you just got to downshift it to hold it in fifth gear and then pull your, RP, your RPMs will set up and your trans temp will climb a little bit. But that's the best way to run those trucks when you're pulling a load up a hill. Whereas the fours, the Chevys, for example, the GMs, I guess, technically, you know, they'll ride seventh, eighth gear with no problems, pulling a hill loaded, you know, and not to worry about. And they're changing gears on them all the time. I had a, a question from another listener. He was asking about what is a good GPS system? Because I guess the one he has will tell him like merge three lanes over now. And he's like, there's a guardrail there. So I'm not sure if you guys <laughs> get into that kind of stuff. But if you do, you know, are there any sort of things you would say <clears throat> someone should, you know, look out for or do research on? Um, you know, if they're going to be towing in areas where they're not familiar and just kind of crisscrossing the country. Man, so I, I personally use Apple Maps, but I know there's a lot of people that don't like it. And sometimes it is, it does get confusing. Um, I think the most user-friendly and I guess advanced GPS that I have come to find is Waze because it, it's real life time, people updating it, drivers down the road say, hey, you see a car wreck, they'll get on there and ping, there's a car wreck in this lane or whatever. And it kind of helps you, you know, maybe avoid that traffic travel lanes or if enough people ping it and traffic starts backing up ways will automatically reroute you to save you some time and headache from sitting in that traffic That's google it. maps i know is as good as well um i never did get comfortable with google maps just because i used apple for so long transitioning over to google made it a little hard for me yeah 
yeah, it's some of them, you know, I get real familiar with and it's just like we get, you know, kind of stuck in it. But I think of those guys that are, you know, just going all over the place and they just want to maximize that time, like you mentioned, and, you know, getting stuck in a traffic jam somewhere. You know, absolutely yeah. <laughs> cost you a lot yeah, of time. And I know, yeah, I know, you know on like the hotshot side, a lot of guys like the Garmin, I think it is, um, because it'll actually, you know, tell you like your drive time for that day, you know, how much time you have left whenever you need to take a break, stuff like that. I thought of a question for you um, out of my own curiosity is um, a lot of what we talk about on the podcast with trucks is about trends and technology and the way things have uh, progressed really fast, whether they're, whether it's with the aftermarket or it's with stock trucks and 10 speeds and all the different things that are with them. Do you see, well, have there been any major advancements with trailers either physically with them or maybe the warranties that are on them or some of the technology or has there been advancements in it that if somebody has an old trailer and like, Oh, it's good enough. I don't need a new one where you tell them, Hey, this new one's got all these features on it that, you know, this 20 or 30 year old one or however old it is that you have doesn't have, it's worth going to the new one. Yeah. So physically trailers obviously have been the same. Um, but what you're not seeing is like the structural side of things, you know, Every day, these trailer manufacturers and steel companies are getting together, finding new ways to make them more durable and lighter weight so they can haul heavier things as well as be less stressful in the truck. You know, um, like, for example, PJ Trailers, which is what we sell, um, just did a complete revamp on their tandem dual trailers and as well as their single wheel deck overs that just went into production. So they redesigned the neck completely into a one-piece solid neck, which in turn makes it more durable, stronger, and lighter than previous iterations, as well as they added this new thing called the twist guard, which is designed to help keep the trailer from flexing going down the highway, um, which you'll see time to time on these trailers. But really overall, besides that, they've stayed fairly simple. Um, obviously, there's not a lot of, there's really not a lot of electronics to them. There's not a lot of, you know, computers on them, really. I mean, really the only computer you'll see on a trailer um is if it's got an air ride you know you'll get that motherboard in there besides that they're pretty simple warranty wise they've stayed uh most manufacturers i know of are running like a three-year frame and a five to ten year axle warranty um and that's about it how often do you have to service the axles on them so uh with pjs we run all dexter axles um and they recommend on a severe duty trailer which is your hot shot guys you know whatever car hauler guys um, every 10 to 15,000 miles for your, you know, regular guys who may not pull the trailer all a whole lot. Um, yearly, you want to get in and do a full inspection on it, you know, repack the bearings, fresh grease, inspect the brakes, you know, make sure nothing's seized up or dry rod along those lines. And then if there is obviously repair or replace. You, you had mentioned earlier the service department um, where you work. Do you guys set up like, say you sell somebody a trailer, um, do you guys do it almost like on the truck side where you say, Hey, I know you're going to be doing, you know, 10 or 15,000 miles really quick. Come in on this day. Let's, you know, do some maintenance on it. Let's check this and this and this. Is it, uh, well, I can tell they're a lot simpler than a pickup truck, but also the maintenance schedule, which has been a huge thing on the, on the podcast. People have asked for it. They want their equipment to last as long as it can and perform that way. So um, like as a company or, you know, you yourself, how do you approach the service side of trailers? Um, if I tell, you know, for example, say, Hey, you're a hotshot guy. Hey man, every 10 to 15,000 miles, if you can get into us, great. Let's get that thing in, do a full once over on the trailer from top to bottom, you know, especially the first 15,000 miles. Um, 
on the heavy line side, we call that the shakedown period. Because in the first 15,000 miles, everything's doing its real first heat cycle, breaking in, setting in, you know. So if something comes loose or is going to fail, it typically is going to fail within that time period. So if we get you in the first 10,000 miles, go over everything, you know, check the torque on everything, you know, inspect your brakes, make sure they've done their correct heat cycles, you know, put fresh oil in it. Um, that's really the best way to do it. And with my hotshot guys, if I can get them locally to get it in one of my stores, um, cause I've got stores across Texas, Oklahoma, Missouri, and Arkansas. If I can get them to one of my locations to get the maintenance done on it, that's better. If not get them in somewhere and have them keep maintenance records of it. Um, that way we know, Hey, okay. You know, the truck was at 25,000 miles. We did each other 10,000 miles, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and for a lot of these guys, it works out well. They can plan a maintenance item where they drop the trailer off for service and then they take the truck to the dealer or whether they can do it themselves and just do everything at one time. That way they're home for one little bit of period, get it all done and knocked out and then keep everything on a schedule together. What would you say would be three mistakes that people make that are, well, I, I'm sure with like the seasoned haulers, like they know what they want, what to do, what to ask, what the price is, but the new guys, like what are three mistakes the the, the new guys would make where you'd say, Definitely think about these three things before you buy anything to make sure that this is going to fit what you need. So big thing is confirming what kind of truck they got. Cause you know, obviously you can have a 2,500, 3,500, but you may be pulling more weight that you need for a 4,500 example. So confirm with the weight, the kind of equipment or a hot or a tooling they're be carrying all the time. Um, also the size and length, because that's a big thing for a lot of people don't pay attention to is hey you need a 20 footer but they go and buy a 15 footer that are mad or whatever it may be and then also um if they're going gooseneck or bumper pull you know what they're going to be doing you know because if some guys buy a bumper pull and then want to throw a 20 000 pound skid steer behind it realistically you can do it it's just not comfortable for the truck because um, you're putting all that weight on the back end you really would like to get into a gooseneck it'll handle the load a lot safer as well as perform a lot better going down the highway with um with bumper pull that, that that thought i just thought of a question is somebody had asked about hitches um and it's been a it, it could be a, a popular topic i think kind of for the newer guys because they're trying to set all this up right they got the truck they've got lined up with the trailer um what are some things they should consider with which hitch to use um and then also i guess to throw kind of <laughs> just to kind of throw a curveball in it is you, you know a lot of guys lift their trucks and they got bigger wheels and tires and they're not sitting, you know, on stock ride height. How does all that factor into being able to connect that trailer to that truck? So we'll go off a stock truck, for example, right now. So your stock, say you got a stock 2,500 Chevy or Ford Dodge, right? Traditionally now on these newer modern trucks, they're going to have a bigger hitch on them. So you want to make sure to get the best um, towing capabilities and comfort. You want to make sure your hitch fits your receiver correctly, not have to worry about having a reducer in there. Um, and then as well as getting the, like a drop hitch, for example, you want to make sure you have the correct drop. So on all these stock trucks, I try to keep people around a five to seven inch drop because that'll give them enough adjustability on most, tra on both trailers. That'll keep them riding perfectly level loaded or empty. Um, and then when we go to the lifted trucks, it really depends on the size of lift they're going with, you know, for example, say a 10 inch lift with forties, right. Um, guys want to throw a big hitch on them. Well, the bigger the hitch you go and the lower you have that ball set down in that hitch, the more sway you're going to get. So, you know, I've got a customer who's got a, he does have a 10 inch with 38s um, and we sold him a 15 inch drop with stabilizer bars that run to the bottom of the hitch and run back up to the frame. 
which would give more stability on that hitch and allow him to still comfortably tow with that truck at the height it sits at. I'm realizing that in the trailer or just in the towing world, it's almost like the aftermarket where you got all these different turbo <laughs> sizes, all yeah. these different transmission yeah. options, all these different yeah. injector then, sizes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and there's tons of different hitch options. You know, there's Gen Y, there's BMW, there's Waysafe, um, Anderson, you know, and then you've got all your different, you know, shank sizes and, you know, your different ball sizes, stuff like that, you know. So it's not just, you know, plug and play, let's go unless you have a stock truck and not do nothing with it, you know, and just a standard hitch work, cool, great. But a lot of the guys in this industry like to do something with their truck. So whether it be a leveling kit, wheels and tires or a lift kit, then you got to really get it, dig into the trailer and the hitch. Um, and what's nice too now is a lot of these more modern bump pulls have adjustable hitches too. So you can adjust it where the coupler sets on the trailer and then also the ball on the truck, which is great, you know, yeah, be able to customize them. That's cool. You yeah, because to... oh, go ahead. <laughs> I say because you know, there's tons of people out there that have different trailers that sit differently. So if you have an adjustable hitch and adjustable hitch on the trailer, you can really set it exactly how you need it, so it works on both on every trailer on that same truck multiple times. Yeah, yeah. I was just thinking of that with you know, some people I know where they have a construction business, they have a set of trailers for that, then they go hunting and they have a trailer they take for that and then they have something else that they haul you know stuff to the scrapyard with and it's just all so different yep yep every trailer's every trailer's going to sit different it's going to ride different you know whether it be a 12, 14 foot you know or a bigger um you've really got to make sure you set it correctly you know a lot of things i tell people is when your trailer's empty hooked your truck you want it to ride a little bit nose heavy that way, when you load it, it levels out, and then it rides. That will be the best ride quality possible. You had mentioned your uh, the 2023 that you want to order, and I was just, I was going to ask you more about you know like your passion for diesel trucks and and performance and things like that. Is um like as far as racing, did you ever get into racing and things like that, or was it has it been more about like just the comfort of this truck and the you know just being able to drive it and you know maybe haul some things and and do stuff like that so i love racing um i've actually got an 07 f-250 single cab that i purchased earlier this year that the goal is to make it like a 900,000 horsepower street truck um but i do obviously like the comfort of you know your daily driver tow pigs you know um but the diesel racing has been my biggest passion for a long time hence why i hang out with the truck jam guys quite a bit um i've been there since day one so that's really where my passion lies on the racing side of things whether it be you know gas car or diesel pickups or semis or boats whatever it is if it's got a motor and it wants to race i'm all about it <laughs> so what's the plan with the uh with the 6.0 as far as um like engine and fueling and turbo and the whole setup so it is a 07.60 with the zf6 behind it obviously if i want to try to be a, comp a slightly competitive street truck i'm gonna have to pull that zf6 out which sucks because it's a lot of fun to drive um but I'm going to shoot for probably a four hour behind it. Um, and then we've been talking uh, a Casey under the hood. Obviously, we're going to do a full, you know, stud job on it. Kill devil heads more than likely. Um, I don't know what the internal plan is. I don't know if we're going to try and see if we can make the stock 6.0 handle 900 to 1,000 and then blow. Or if we're just going to put a built 6.0 in it or eventually drop a 6.7 comes in there. We've got it. I've talked with uh, truck source diesel out of San Antonio quite a bit on this um, and trying to get an idea figured out. But 
right now the main goal is 900 to 1000 and be done until i get bored and then step up <laughs> when when did you think about tackling this and, and kind of proceeding with it like over the winter maybe next year um so i bought the truck back in march when i sold my old dually and i was just going to drive that truck daily for a while and then wait and buy a new one and then my new truck came in so i was like all right well now it's a good idea to maybe start tearing into this truck um so i think the tentative goal is by the season of 2024 to have it sitting close to about 900 and then i can progress up a little more whatever i need to do throughout the season 2024 but i think we're going to tear it down this year this winter obviously i guess we're rolling into winter um i want to pull the cab bed everything off and i want to go through everything because it is a midwest truck so i know there's some rust there so i want to go through everything i want to fully reseal that engine and go through it top to bottom and replace and repair anything that needs to be done on it. Um, and then go from there. It's going to be a fun project. Anytime I've had guys on with six liters are so passionate about that truck and to see the aftermarket, how much it's progressed for them with oh, yeah. power fueling. I mean, everything it's, it's a really cool platform to be able to have some fun with. Yeah. And, and it's, for me, it's my first power stroke. I've always been, a Cummins guy simply for the engine. And then I started getting the itch for a 6.0 when I started paying more attention to the six, the KC guys and what, what they're doing with the 6.0 behind that little purple race truck. And then I started digging into doing more and, you know, realized like, all right, man, this thing could be a lot of fun. And then uh good buddies over at power truck ingenuities. Uh, he's got a 6.0 in his old F 100 and that thing is pretty rowdy. I was like, you know what? They're awesome. A lot of people hate them because they're known for blowing head gaskets and whatever it may be, but you build them correctly. They're reliable and they're a blast and they just have a sound to them. That is like nothing else on the market. And to me, you know, you come rolling in in a single cab six O and, you know, wax some GT 500 or whatever it may be and hurt some feelings in the car. That's going to set the tone for the day. <laughs> I think, I think what you just mentioned there is really really what's helped that platform i think all of them i mean they all have problems every cummins duramax power stroke doesn't matter the year they all had something but the yep. aftermarket catching up to offer the solutions has been really fun to watch and cover over the years with with the six liters and i mean they're still doing crazy things and you know next year there's a whole bunch of guys that are going to be doing even more with them and it's it's cool to see that oh yeah most definitely i think i think that side of the industry has progressed a lot in the last couple of years, like you said. Um, and I think it's just only going to grow more and more as these newer trucks are going to be harder and harder to do anything with, you know, cause they're cracking down on this stuff a lot more. So more people are going to revert these back to these older engines yep. that are a lot easier to get into and tear down and build. And there's more support for them already, you know? So what's the, uh, I had read some things about ordering the new super duties. Do they have it like kind of ironed out when they're going to deliver and everything, or how's that process work? So I talked to my salesman because I'm I'm I've got the itch to build another trailer, um, and I the way I do it is I usually build a trailer to go to a truck, um, and so I'm trying to play it out by ear. But as of right now, he's telling me because I'm looking at a 450 King Ranch, he's telling me we could see upwards of 13 months on delivery on some of these trucks depending on the package and options you choose. Um, he said some of these trucks may deliver in eight nine months, you know, some 13 14 months. It all really just depends. Um, so when I get a better idea and the orders open back up, then I'll start going through my options and specking another trailer out, build it to match that truck and, you know, specify exactly how I want to do it and then give it the factory and make it happen. Is the trailer market different than the big three? Because, you know, I've, I've just 
seen things with delays or if you want you can get the truck a little sooner if you delete this thing off of it is the supply of trailers pretty good so up until i would say probably about april to may this year things were really hard to get um there's a lot of things that had discontinued for temporary just to make the process of building a trailer a lot quicker and a lot easier um but now man i'm, I'm sitting on a fully stocked y- yard of about 400 units when from 2020, mid-2020 up to about April this year, I was seeing maybe 160, 170 units on my lot at a time. Um, and then not only that, but with the redesign of everything from PJ, they've really prepped themselves to blow this trailer into the market and have a ton of inventory. So that way, when you want to build it, it's there. You know, lead times have come down quite a bit. For example, like my old trailer that I built, um, it was a very customized trailer. Um, and I think it took me around four and a half five months because i placed it the first week of january um in 2021 and i got it a week and a half before i left for ucc in may um now i just ordered a trailer for a dude on october 24th and it hit my lot last week and he wow. had a very his was a pretty well decked out trailer as well so i'm starting to see the time frames come down a lot more um, as well as the options are starting to come back. So they're starting to allow more custom things again, like they hadn't for the longest time. That's cool. That's really cool to, to hear that, that, uh, getting stock levels up and the, and the options back. I know there's a lot of <clears throat> frustrated truck owners out there that are waiting, you know, for this new model or what can I get it? Or they told yeah. me to be here by now. And I mean, I've been to a few lots, I don't know, last couple of months. And I think I said on another episode, like I remember going into like a Chevy dealer and there'd be like five red ones, 10 white ones, four black ones. <laughs> now there's like a red and a silver and that's it. And yeah, you know, it's, it's yeah. tougher if to you're find lucky it. to even see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I know uh, my local Ford dealer here, their stock is starting to get back up. But I remember at one point you drive by and you see maybe five, six new vehicles in total and then a handful of views, but just yeah. getting to put your hands on a new truck was almost impossible unless you're willing to drive somewhere, you know, and maybe, May you get lucky and that may be there when you get there. It may not, you know, until you get to that dealership, you're not going to know. And now it's how it was with trailers for the longest time too. You know, guy calls and say, Hey, I'm looking for a 40 foot 12 Ks. Okay, cool, man. I've got one here. I just got it. Um, if it's something you're ready to buy, let's get a deposit on it, secure it. Um, because it may not be in the next hour. And you know, sometimes it would happen where you got the phone with the guy and some dude would walk in and buy that same truck right then and there before someone could come in and look at it. Yeah. I think if somebody's in the market, um, you know, for one and the supplies there, you know, it's, it's grab it, you know, instead of having to wait, like yep. it was for that, yeah. that time period. Um, yeah. we had talked about a lot of different towing and trailing trailers and different aspects to them. And I'm sure I missed a ton of questions somebody's going to have, or they might be they're in Texas or Oklahoma or somewhere near you. And they're like, Patrick didn't ask this question. <laughs> what is a way to be able to get in contact with you? Ask you, you know, maybe something, maybe they are in the market, maybe looking for something specific or want to do something custom. Be able to reach out to you, connect, ask those questions. So uh, on Instagram, it's that guy named Dallas. Uh, obviously named in Dallas. There's two D's there. And then Facebook is uh, Dallas, the trailer guy. And then email wise, uh, my work email is Dallas M like Mary at nationwidetrailers.com. Um, or if they want to call my store, 817-457-3535, just tell them to ask me. And if they got any questions, we can go over it. Or if they want to order something, or if they just need some help, we can most definitely help them one way or another. 
Well, it was it was cool to to chat with you. Like I said, when um, when we connected, I just all these ideas for an episode came out because we're always talking about the truck and not what it's being bought to haul. And you know, yeah, think of those guys that are just new to it and they're trying to decide, you know, what do I need? Where should I go? What what are some you know things I should pay attention to? And you definitely answered those. So I appreciate your time today, chatting with us, educating me, helping me learn a little bit more about them. Um, yeah, of course. And that that whole side of the industry. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a good time. I hopefully we can help some people out there, or you know, or maybe there's already people who already know a lot. We can teach them something else as well. Um, but it's it's what we're here for, man. I know people always say salesmen are the scums of the earth, but at the end of the day, my job is to sell you a trailer that's going to fit what you need, or custom build your trailer to exactly what you want. And uh, at the end of the day, I try to do that as best I can. My phone's on. It might be nine o'clock at night on Sunday. Someone reaches out. I'm typically still going to respond if I'm up and going. Um, so that's one way to get old me is just contact me email or so instagram maybe don't forget diesel fans make sure and head on over to fluidampner.com if you're going to be doing some winter maintenance on your truck or you're doing a race build it's a really key part of your rotating assembly that um you know if you just picked up an older truck or you have one that you're refreshing the stock one can have some issues it can start to degrade over time and then it potentially can lead to a catastrophic engine failure their product definitely takes care of that and if you're thinking about making more than stock horsepower it doesn't have to be a race truck just something that uh you know maybe you're getting up to eight nine hundred a thousand eleven twelve hundred horsepower it's a great way to protect your built engine and uh, make sure that the harmonics are balanced and you're not having a rotating assembly issue um, just sit on over to fluidampner.com let them know if you have any questions um, send them an email give them a call they're more than happy to chat with you and make sure that you get lined up for your truck also it's around the holiday time a great way to save some money our friends over at kershaw knives have given us a discount code just for you guys use code diesel20 at kershaw.kiausa.com great way to either get a gift or maybe treat yourself if you need a knife to throw in a toolbox or hunting fishing or maybe you're really into knives and you're into different opening mechanisms blade steels handle materials got a ton of things to meet any budget i encourage you to head on over there check it out just put diesel 20 in at checkout save 20 percent i want to give a shout out to some of our patreon supporters tyler low and a 23 diesel caleb john all of our other patreon supporters all of you who subscribe on youtube podcast apps instagram facebook we appreciate all your support all your feedback all of you on discord love seeing what you guys are working on the questions um and really direction you guys give us for what you want to hear on the podcast with different products or different topics we appreciate the support you've given us as we're heading into year seven and we couldn't have done it without you guys listening and being part of the diesel podcast community until next time keep the shiny side up